Happy Sunday, y'all. Welcome to another edition of the Dooms and the Don'ts. We're starting with today recaps Insecure. And today we're joined by Jay Ha, and we are excited to discuss this daydreaming episode to see, you know, where we landed with that. So stay tuned, grab something to drink, and we'll get started shortly. All right, Jay's here. So. Hey. Yo. Why are you stuck? I'm like, why are you stuck? My boy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I've been doing it the other way all week for work. And so mm. it was just like, yeah. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. Happy Sunday. How are you doing today? I'm good, yo. How are, how are you? Oh, yeah. Let me let you go ahead and put the question up. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, for real, every every week we go to. <laughs> I had already uh, forgot. Uh, right. Yeah, what up, Red? Thank you for sliding through. Oh, Red is here. Um, yeah, he is. All right, so this week we had the decision daydreaming. What path you going down episode? And you know, one of the things that I love is that they didn't do, you know, a 30-second daydream, right? They went all in. And I think I daydream a lot. So and and yeah. use that to fuel my decision making. So for me, I think them taking the time and being elaborate with it was just a really good take but before we get to that let's talk about some of the subjects they hit on within the episode that you know we've been talking about that are really important uh one is that they really centered estate planning right and one of the episodes one of the shape ups that we've done um the shape up is a in barbershop a program that we do at least barbershop in southeast dc but the last in-person one we did before the pandemic hit was on estate planning and grief. And it was around um, after the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and how important, of course, it is for us to have our affairs in order. Um, and so for them to tackle that and spend a lot of time on that, I think was just so important to see. Um, it was a lot of the elements in that. So, so what were your thoughts on that? Oh, first of all, it was it was hard to watch. Yeah. And so, shout out to my homegirl Ladonna. Um, she out in Cali, so I'm glad that she's up. Um, yeah, it was it was it was hard to watch. Um, you know, I'm I'm my mother's only child, and so all the responsibility falls on me. I don't have like uh, a sibling from her to yeah. just like lean on and be like, okay, this person got it, this person got it. And so, um, those conversations are very hard to have. And when her father talked about how I just don't like dealing with the reality that I worked for 50 years and I have little to pass on to my children, I think it kind of also let me have a little bit more empathy and sympathy for a generation before me and how they feel about going through that process themselves because it's a reflection upon your life and there might be some things that you might not be so proud of. Right. Um, but... To sh we don't have that conversation, not even enough. I, that conversation is barely had. I mean, 
Absolutely. Therapy, therapy and wills were for white people when I was coming up. Yeah. The white and the rich, like just plain. And I thought that that was a good episode to have. It came across natural. It didn't come across um, like it was forced. Um, it doesn't, you know, one thing I like about Insecure, it doesn't come across like intentional viral moments or whatever the case may be. But I thought it was very heavy. It showed how each sibling responded. Ooh, that was so um, good. From and the I younger, the younger sibling, the middle sibling, the older, like it, it broke it all down. So yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, same thing, only child. So the, having those conversations, you know, we begin to have them this year. Um, you know, maybe the last couple of years, but you know, really kind of trying to get a plan in, and it's still very difficult. You know, different parents respond differently to the urgency of this, you know, conversation that has to be had, right? Um, I think one of the great things that they did was, and I think kind of note to us, is like bring in a mediator, bring in someone that's, you know, not related. You know, Kelly coming in was perfect um, and saying, hey, I can make this a little bit, you can take your frustration out on me versus, you know, it being an emotional roller coaster. Um, between you and your 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 children, especially Molly, um, but then even seeing Molly like, you know, kind of holding together throughout the process, and then just really kind of taking that frustration or that energy out at the end of the night. It's like you know, it's draining, and I think showing that um, that the process is not necessarily easy, even if the outcome is what you desire, is sometimes still the process is still very draining. Yeah, the conversation itself isn't that easy. Mm -hmm. So the outcome shouldn't be assumed to be easy. Yeah. And yeah. to have that conversation and to go through it and then to have it after a tragic situation of your parent just had a stroke. Right. And unfortunately, it takes those things for us to have that kind of conversation in our community. Yeah. So I, 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 that part right there, I was all feeling. I mean, fantasy aside, Right. That scene right there was was a lot. I, I agree. I agree. I think for that, you know, they, we got our money's worth after the show. Just just for that, um, seeing that visualized is so important. So, um, yeah, and then Kelly coming back and saying, you know, this is something I want to help people with. It's just, you know, that's really I started with today theme and how we really begin to, like, really break down these walls of, like, information access and you know, culturally, you know, connecting to our community, I think it's really important for people to, like, find a way that they take their gifts, their talents, things that they've studied, and really make it accessible to to our community. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Um, so, kudos to the, the team for tackling that. Um, uh, Red said he helps do a lot of drafts and testaments for clients. And have had those combos. That's dope. That's dope work. It's so important. Um, so kudos to you for doing that. Um, all right. So the daydream. What were your What were your thoughts around? <laughs> it's It's interesting because I mean I daydream a lot too, right? <clears throat> One of the cartoons I used to watch when I was like in middle school was Bobby's World, and so I kind of felt like I had a Bobby's World moment uh, watching Issa kind of do her daydream of what decision um, that she was going to go with, you know, which one is going to be more fulfilling in the heart, um, which one you want to feel with. I, I found it interesting because I'm starting to really, really zoom in and pay attention to this uh, relationship with Nathan mm. and, and what it represents because each time she found herself coming home to Nathan 
And there has to be something of a meaning there. What does that mean? Yeah. But it definitely says that she's not done with yeah. her situation with Lawrence. Yeah. It, I don't know if it needs to be a, as of right now, there needs to be a conversation. I don't know if there needs to be another go round. I'm not, even though I've been team Lawrence, I'm not right. so quick to say it needs to be another go round, but it right. definitely needs to be a conversation. I absolutely agree. She definitely needs to have that conversation. And I think, you know, enough time has passed um, for her to have it be, uh, you know, I think sometimes you're still going through it, still a lot of emotional uh, connections that you can't really see the outcomes uh, as objectively as you should be able to. I think, you know, there's a conversation that needs to happen with Lawrence, and there's also a conversation that needs to happen with Nathan. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's been... <laughs> being really upfront honest with that you know it's a, you know something really difficult to navigate but at the same time and say hey you know as much as i feel like i'm all in here i do want to make sure there's a clean emotional slate for us to build on you know what i'm saying and that may take me having another conversation with lawrence but um, I, I i try to wonder though charlotte like is there a such thing as a clean emotional slate I, no, I, I, I mean not clean slate, but a stronger foundation because she's never going to be all in with Nathan or anyone. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Until she, um, really addresses, you know, what she wants out of that situation. I think one of the things, you know, it's it's two things. Like one, she should need, you know, the closure from another person. She should be able to kind of navigate that for her own self. But you know, I think as we saw kind of in the preview, it's like. Their circles are too connected. She's going to run into Lawrence, you know, eventually. So she needs to be in a space where she's very clear about, you know, what she wants. But to your point, or like her coming home to Nathan, um, it was really good to see that kind of emotional settling. Even at the beginning of the episode, I don't think that part was a daydream <laughs> when they were flying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that was real. Um, <laughs> but just how comfortable um, they begin to kind of find themselves. But I think it kind of goes to this point that you made a couple weeks ago that's kind of really still been ringing in my head about it takes work. Wherever you put your energy in, it's going to take work. And there's no way of, you know, circumventing the work that has to happen for that. Yeah, I mean, it also remind me that Chris Rock joke when he was like, fellas, you ever had your woman just stare at you for a long time at dinner? And he's like, because you weren't her first choice. You know, it's like, and, it's, <laughs> and, and when I saw that, I, I, my heart was filling for Nathan because in each scenario, you know, here go Nathan giving the college try and, and Issa's mind is elsewhere. And I don't care who you are, whether you want to admit that or not, you've been in that situation. And you've yeah. been on both sides. Yeah. You've been on the side of Issa, you've been on the side of Nathan. You're so right. And I think one of the things about it, though, right, and, and nobody at, you know, our age and our 30s is probably our first love or our first, you know, who we thought we would be with, right? But that doesn't mean that the first choice was the right choice, right? And I think that's really kind of where I am, <laughs> you know. You know, when you're going through these daydreams, like what fruit would I bear with, you know, having – X as a partner and having Y as a partner. You know, I think one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is that with both scenarios where she came home to Nathan, um, you know, before before Lawrence popped up, it's like she still had these, these very 
you know, great choices before her. You know, no choice, no path was wrong. Um, it's not like if she went with Nathan, then she will, you know, sell out or, you know, went with Lawrence, it would be different. So I think both options kind of say, you know, the ball is really in your court and what you want to look like. But I think one of the other messages that kind of stood out for me is that how grounding love and support can be. And that necessarily always come in, you know, a traditional relationship, but like what that looks like for you to like have a foundation to grow, to explore, to, you know, really expand your vision and have a vision to say, hey, I have a, a great support a system around me that allows me to flourish. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about that and I think about Issa and her choices, I think about season one, she felt like she had no choices. Mm. She was at a dead-end job. She yeah. wasn't going anywhere. She was miserable. And we forget that. We got so caught up and talk about how Lawrence was on the couch. We forget also about Issa's misery and what she was going through because she just yeah. wasn't happy. Even if Lawrence would have been working, Issa wasn't happy. And, and she, she was depressed too. You know, we kind of talk about yeah. what depression looks like in different people. I, I think there's a case to say, hey, Issa was equally as depressed. Not a no question about it. I I, I don't I don't ignore that at all. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I I voiced the fact that people didn't pay attention to Lawrence's depression enough, but I would not say that neglecting that I do feel like Issa was going through it. Hell, I even maybe say a tad more because she had to kind of work through it, going to work and pay the bill. Right. Yeah, um, with, but I, it's interesting how we are in those positions, and then a few years later, or we when we get to a point, we also have like this good problem, because there's not a, um, I mean, besides the fact you know when Nathan hand her the plunger, but to be in a um, a position where you have options is what you were aiming for, mm -hmm. and we forget that. That's you real. know, hence the show Insecure, right? Like, yeah. when are you ever, any of us ever going to have the satisfaction? Um, and I think what Molly said at the end about it's it's never going to be all or nothing, but we are so prone to think all or nothing. Yep. You know, like, is this decision the right decision? And does it really have to be, like the episode last week said, does it have to be the right decision? Does it have to just make sense to you? Yeah, I agree. And I think they keep honing that down where you know, is giving us, I think the show gives uh, the viewers a mirror and we kind of pick out what part is kind of really resonating with us. But I also think that Issa's relationships, especially after you brought this point about, you know, um, uh, you know, how she was navigating Lawrence, it's also a mirror to her, like where she is, you know. And so I think she's in a space where she is doing better. And then there's, you know, it kind of brings up, you know, is this, uh, self-sabotage waiting for the other shoe to drop you know what I'm saying uh, that I feel like a lot of us you know who come from um, you know working our first way through you know our own trauma or generational um, inheritance you know what I'm saying trying to work through that and you know just always feeling like this other shoe is going to drop and like how much do we want to perpetuate that you know what I'm saying or how much we want to say hey it doesn't have to be how we thought it was going to be to look different for us and, um, you know, be open to those possibilities as well. I'd just like to go ahead on record and say at this very moment, nobody wants to be Nathan. Ooh. <laughs> it's like that just keeping it a buck. Like nobody wants to be Nathan. And if there's ever been any kind of complaint that I've heard some homegirls say or women say or read, 
that, you know, men don't open up and men don't want to invest like that, Nathan is your reason why. Because no man wants to be in that scenario. We've, we've, we've heard of that so many times yeah. of investing in a woman and she got this guy she can't get out of her head. Whether it's an F-boy, a Lawrence, or whatever, like, no guy wants to be Nathan at this very moment. I'm not talking about what their future can be. I'm not talking about what happened in the past. I'm talking about at this very moment and that episode, there are some men right now like, no, that is not what I want. That is not the scenario I want to be in. They don't. Especially with him doing the work. I can definitely see that. And I've never really thought about it from Nathan's point of view, you know, and what what that feels like, you know, um, especially with him working through all the obstacles he's had to work through too to kind of be in a point to be emotionally available to Issa, which is beautiful to watch. You know what I'm saying? Just beautiful to watch his own personal uh, evolution regardless of the outcome. You know what I'm saying? Just like, this is this is the what work looks like from overcoming, you know, these emotional barriers that I've had all my life and saying, hey, this is what I want to open myself up to. Um, so I think even aside from that, my only pushback is like, he's doing the work. Well, yeah, I feel you. Like, if you're doing all that and it's not being received in the way no. it be received, yeah, that's tough. It's, it's not. And we don't know that other side. We're not watching a TV show. Nathan doesn't know all the things that Lawrence did and this and this. Like, he don't know all that, right? You know what, yeah. you know what Nathan would feel like at this very moment? He's going to feel like, Yo, I put in all this work, and you still think about this dude that went and had a baby by somebody else? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. there's so many scenarios that are like that. There's so many conversations that men have amongst each other when we talk about that, and they're worried because, listen, Lawrence is a good guy, but there are a lot of women out there who can't get the bum dude out their head. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There are a lot of women out there that can't get the F-boy out their head yeah. while you're sitting with this Nathan-like fellow. It's just not a scenario that nobody wants to be in, and it it, it's you're, somebody I think what people got to understand is what Molly said somebody is going to get hurt when you're making adult decisions and that's something that I took from Molly crying in that car there's no way you're going to be that guy in a situation of growth without somebody getting hurt yeah. it's just impossible yeah yeah I agree um, and I think the, the the flip side is that how do we be emotionally responsible to the people that we love and care about, even if it doesn't, you know, work out in an ideal situation. You know, I think that's kind of the the lessons that I think we we should have learned at this point, like in dealing and dating and navigating, like how do we be, you know, again, like Issa needs to be a firm of Nathan about how she's, you know, maybe not to the degree how she's feeling, but that there's still some unresolved stuff there. Um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm, it, it's tough navigating those decisions, but I was good. I was glad to see. Okay, and then also too, there was another part of that was like the career path. So we got the relationship, of course, you know, for our- I was about to ask you about that. Cause about- I thought about you in that scenario. And I, I, and I want to ask you from your perspective, someone who is a director or founder of a nonprofit organization, what is that feeling like, or what is that decision process like in the sense of, is there a sense of like, I don't want to sell out and I want to be closer to my community and this and this and this, but yet you need the bread. You know what I'm saying? Because I think people don't see what happens on the behind end because yeah. um, Crenshaw, the guy, 
was always criticizing her about being a sellout, right? right? But then when he go do the work, he like, oh, I know you needed all that. And yo, I thought about <laughs> you so bad. I was about to text you because I'm sitting there like, that is, like, Charlotte goes and does, that's the point of having an organization. They go do work that you don't have to do. So it's so easy for you to sit on your high horse, your high morale horse, and criticize. Right. But what is, what do you think that part was about, you know, and from your personal take of, you know, when it comes to the money, right, or being closer to the community? What is, what is that about? Yeah, I think, I think, it's so hard, right? It's so hard trying to do that balancing act, especially when you're looking at expanding and the partnerships. And um, and you're right, though, to your point. Thank you for bringing it up. A lot of think a lot of times people just think, you know, I just hop up and you know put on events, and it's like, nope, that's <laughs> a billion things that happen before we get to this point. And you know, those things a lot of times involve a lot of money and time, right? And so um, to be able to um, to explain, you have to have the resources to do that, whether it's personnel, whether it's, you know, having legal, having audience, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much that has to happen to run a business. And I think a lot of times people think it's nonprofits as just, um, and I've kind of talked about this before on uh, recently on a panel, but like that they think that it's just charity. And so we're so used to black people, especially black women, just doing stuff in our community. We've seen the aunts and grandmas and you know, we're extending that legacy that they don't understand that there's a foundation that has to happen for that to, to uh, the work to continue. So on my end, what I really try to make sure is that, you know, it's a couple of things. I have a great council around me. So, you know, when I'm um, between our board and, you know, our leaderships and team members and community members, yourself included, like I have people I can bounce ideas off of or say this is what's up what does this look like? What does this feel like? Um, does this really align to what we feel like starting with today's mission is and where we're headed? Um, and then, so one of the things we look for in partnerships is, uh, you know, really aligning ourselves with partners that have uh, values that center our community. And if it doesn't feel, but it's a gut too, you know, if it doesn't feel right, um, it's, it's something that I will either put on and say, hey, I'll put on hold and say, hey, I have to revisit this later. Or, you know, I'll listen to flat. I'll know it's not a lie. But one of the things I was talking to with um, uh, our board of director, uh, board member Cal Bacon, you know, and he just really uh, said, you know, all the money is dirty, to be honest. <laughs> 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 and he just put everything in perspective. There's no getting, there's no getting past it. It's all dirty. It's, it's all dirty. So I think the, the pieces are it's like, how can we still honor our community? How can we preserve their integrity? Um, and how can we, you know, really um, use, you know, uh, money and resources towards empowering and, and really supporting um, our community in a really authentic way? And so that's kind of where where we are, like on the and you know the partnerships that we're we're part of, you know, our, our community rooted. But then there's some that are. It's, sustain you know what i'm saying that um and so we try to find the pieces that align with where we're, where we're headed without selling our souls you know what i'm saying so not for sale period <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know that that like reminds me of what you just said kyle said that reminds me of the theme that a lot of men when i was coming up always say like you want to meet a woman when you broke you want to meet a woman when you come up because that's how you know she down 
And I remember I had a homeboy who was married young, and I said that to him. And he said, and he was married. He was like, look, I've had to do things within my marriage I could not imagine. So what you have to understand is, I don't care if you're rich, broke, medium, middle class, or whatever, you're going to go through something. Yeah. Like, there ain't no way around yeah. it. And, and um, I think when we saw Issa coming in in the beautiful home and then coming in her apartment, it was, it was, I think what I take from that is no matter what choice you make, there's going to be some sort of, um, I guess, imp imperfection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be some sort of imperfection but it asks the question of something that black people only I feel like black people have to think about more than the average do I have to be close to make a difference do I have to be in the hood to help you know, make a difference right I struggle with that as a writer do I have to be miserable to write my best stuff you Absolutely. know what I mean like do I have to go through the worst of things to write the best stuff for people is there a time, because listen, there have been artists I rock with that once they got happy, like Alicia Keys, I ain't really listen to her no more, you know what I'm saying? Or Mary J. Blige, right? And I'm, and, but then, you know, I don't think about it until you watch their documentaries. You're like, man, you was really going through it. I was right. selfish. Right. <laughs> so right. I think Issa in that scene, that represented all of those things of do we as, a, and we, are, I feel like we're the only ones that have to feel like we have to carry that torch. That's true. That's you true. know, like we have to carry that torch. So when I saw that, um, fantasy secret that's what i thought about that's and that's why i wanted to ask you like do you feel like how important is it for us to be like in the trenches or can we still do work from apart and i and i think that's what that those um fantasies that Issa was having i think that's what it was speaking to also not just her relationship with nathan and you know lawrence in the in the bathroom i think right. it spoke to that bigger issue that we deal with as people yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, I, and it resonated on such a um, spiritual level, for sure. And I think that's part of it. I think the thing is, is will you be able to sleep with yourself at night? And will you be able to face yourself in the mirror? Like, there's certain things, decisions, and money, and, and companies that come to the table. It's just bad for the brand. It's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't represent who we are. It doesn't represent the people that we serve. And there's no way around it, right? Um, and so, like, and then there's money that's filtered through several organizations that's coming from, you know, probably the same people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. The banks are coming through one way or another way. Um, so it's it's really no way around it. But I think one of the ways we think about it is like, you know, am I okay with, you know, the decision that I'm making? But I think there has to be this reprogramming that struggle doesn't have to be our story to authenticity, right? And, and really having those options to say, you know, we can thrive and still make meaningful impact um, and bring as many people along um, along for the ride as possible. So I think those are the, the key pieces. And I think Issa's kind of navigating that. But, you know, and it's kind of, I think what Molly says, she's probably going to land somewhere in the middle. It's probably not going to be West Hollywood. It's probably not going to be her apartment. It's probably going to be somewhere you know, probably closer in the middle or, you know, closer towards, you know, what success looks like for Issa. Um, and, and I think Issa will continue to kind of navigate what that that looks like, whether it's her being as connected to the community or hiring people who are, right, to continue to lead um, the organization and do, do the work. And I think that's something that um, either way, she's going to get that part right. Yeah, yes, that's, and I think that's the medium that we all shoot for.
Yeah. Um, those of us that are on that kind of similar path where they're mm -hmm. doing something in nonprofit or you're doing work and what East is doing in community investment and things of that nature. But I think that's something that we all strive for, but it doesn't always turn out and you're going to make yeah. your bumps. And um, one of the things that we have, we don't talk about enough is that understanding that we're going to make these mistakes, yeah. but we're going to make these mis mistakes forward. Like you're going to yeah. fall forward yeah. is, is what it is. But I just think that a lot of people might sleep on the dream sequence, but I think the dream sequence um, sequences was more important than we probably would give it credit for especially when we go back and watch this when everything is done, yeah. I, it, I think it really would make sense. Because Insecure has not done anything that has not made sense. You're right. Absolutely. I think so, too. And I think, um, again, like, they spent so much time and intentionality behind those sequences. Like, you know, normally we get... I mean, we had a couple, you know, episodes of... I remember um, the only reference that really comes up is the Cosby Show when they went into this fantasy you know, kind of season in La La Land. It was a terrible season. But you, do you remember that? You said in the Cosby show? The Cosby show, they did like a fantasy. They were like in this fantasy make-believe land. And it was, anyway, super weird. I probably weird. checked out. It's, it's like season five or six. I don't know. It was, it was super weird. It was all bad. Um, but it existed. Um, but, you know, where we see these elaborate, you know, dream fantasies um, and, you know, the path, you know, this fork, of, fork in the road. You're at a fork in the road. And I think that piece is so relevant to people at different parts of their lives. And I think it's really important to kind of create some space to you know, intentionally daydream or meditate. You know, meditation is, uh, daydreaming is a part of meditation, a piece, uh, aspect of meditation where you can kind of visualize where you are, where you're headed, and then really kind of reverse engineer how do you want to get there, you know? Um, and I think that's an important piece that a lot of times in our world, especially living in D.C., in these big cities where you're always on the race, always, you know, going from one thing to another, that we rarely get time to kind of think um, to ourselves and kind of really move intentionally towards, you know, the lifestyle and the outcomes that we, what we want for ourselves and our families. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's something that Issa is in a crossroads with because, but she's not in the crossroads in a relationship as much as she may think, because technically on her end, she hasn't talked to Lawrence in a year. Yeah. So um, you're actually conjuring up things in your head. Ooh. Which we often do when it comes to, you know, exes, because I was thinking about this, like, I think our generation or our era have to deal with exes way more than the people before us because of social media. Yeah. Social media. It used to be a time when you was done with someone, you not only were you done, you didn't see them ever again. There was no friendship. It was like, it was, no, they really were gone and yeah. you heard of them through word of mouth at that. But it is really hard to disconnect from people you know, all together, or they're not here about their process, or they don't come up with a timeline, or they're not successful, you know, someone else sharing what they're doing, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, with Issa, um, I think she's um, also, it's, I'm interested to see how far this is going to go, because, you know, we don't really know what Lawrence feels mm. at this moment. Yeah. You know, like, technically, technically, we don't, you know, we don't really know what Lawrence feels, so. That's just something I just want to, um, you know, throw out there. But I definitely think, like, it's a, it's a crossroads. And I think it's in a crossroads in adulthood that doesn't mm -hmm. often get talked about enough. Yeah. You know, and you remember that those leaps, those jumps that you probably had to make um, when you think about, like, going from an apartment to a house or going from a dorm to an apartment. 
yeah. those leaps. And think about who was with you then in the beginning, who's not with you anymore. Don't let's not let's not think about that. Um, it's <laughs> I can't, yo. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I really can't, yo. I can't. One of the things though that made brought up though was about um to a lot of times we fantasize about people, you know, it, whether it's work related or, you know, celebrities, et cetera, um, or exits, but we fantasize the best version of them, right? And that may not be the reality. We, When you talk about Lawrence and how he showed up in these fantasies or these daydreams, would he be that supportive? Has he been that supportive? Have we seen enough, you know, to know what that what those outcomes will look like with him? Um, and I think that's really important, like, as we begin to make decisions to really kind of say, you know, what are we, what, what ideal are we playing with versus what the actual reality of that the situation is? You know, and I think that's really important as well, um, because a lot of times, you know, we, we pull out the best pieces of that. I think that's what it is, though, with Lawrence. Issa, unfortunately, is not necessarily about will Lawrence be this, will Lawrence be that. I think from Issa's perspective, every time she's pulled away from Lawrence, she's seen him at his best. Mm. And she didn't get a chance to benefit any of that. Yeah. You understand? So I think yeah. with Issa, it's a little bit different because even seeing that little glimpse of him and Condola in the hallway, yeah. oh, wow, this man, like, he's really can be a good father. Like, I didn't know he'll be able to hold it together because she doesn't know what we know. Yeah. We, we all got to keep that in mind. She don't know what she knows. Issa left off being like, I don't want to be a part of this, right? Because this is going to be messy. And then you see a, from your perspective, oh, wow, he's really holding it down. Yeah. I could have been a part of that. Maybe he could have maintained that. So I think with Issa, it's not about um, if he's going to be there for me. Did I give Lawrence a fair shot? And I think Lawrence, from what we saw in the sneak, how, did you really ever really fight for Issa? Oof. You know, and that's something right. to think, think about also, too. You know, did you ever really fight? Did you really ever fight for anything? And that's, you know what I mean? When your back wasn't against the wall. So right. did you, when Issa said, all right, I want to leave, you were fine with that, right? Or are you, and and I, I sit in the middle of that because I, I have a dear friend who reminds me of Lawrence where he's kind of like, if somebody was to say that to him, he's like, well, obviously you made up your mind. And I know a lot of men who feel that way, but their messaging gets interpreted as you didn't fight for me. Right, right. And what does fighting for you signify, right? What right. does that signify? Yeah. You know, I think we're used to seeing that on on films and media and movies, but, like, is that really, you know, what you want? Like, is it for ego, or is it, like, really, like, for your best self? And I think... One of the things I appreciate um, in a few of my exes who realized that they would no longer love me dearly, but they were not going to be the best support system was to remove themselves from the situation. You know what I'm saying? And to really kind of let me go emotionally so I can become who I needed to be. So I think there's some, some emotional maturity that kind of gets lost in that and saying, hey, there's no way I can make this Especially going, you know, we saw how messy that was with Lawrence and Condola trying to figure it, figure out parenthood together, and you know, not wanting to put Issa through that too is really important to say, hey, you know, I love you so much. 
this is not the situation, especially at this time, where I want to involve you in this. Yeah. I think what I will say, and again, I'm Team Lawrence, but what I will say objectively, if Lawrence could have had said that, if Lawrence could have said, hey, listen, I will work this out and I like you and I want you there, if he could have navigated something, because I think the thing yeah. that people think about when it comes to decision making or making a plan, they feel like, well, if I say this plan and go wrong, then I'm wrong. Therefore, I shouldn't say a plan. It's not necessarily about that. Like decision making is important because if you just make a decision, but even if you are wrong, you made a decision. Yeah. So even if I say to you, me and Condola, I'm going to work this out, Issa, stick with me. This is my plan. And that plan doesn't go through. But at least you can take from that that my effort and I put this into a thought. Yeah. And if my plan doesn't go the way it was supposed to, then maybe you don't have an issue with helping me navigate a newer plan and be there for me. Yeah. I think one of the issues that even I would say with Lawrence is he kind of, he, he has a defeatist still type of attitude oh. of like, uh, and this, this comes from my routine Lawrence, but he, he has an attitude like once something presented to him, he's kind of like, well, all right, you know what I mean? And your best intentions don't come out the same. It can be interpreted as, oh, you just giving up again. It's, it's no different from Lawrence on the couch, which unfortunately is something else to be spent to, to, to speak about of just because you are getting better in life. It doesn't mean you really dealt with some of those issues and those habits that you picked up when you was on that couch. And sometimes I still see those habits from Lawrence on that couch. Ooh. Even when Lawrence is not off on the couch, Ooh. I still see it. That and I'm rooting great. and I'm rooting for him. But that's, that's just what it is. That is so good. I think that's that's so important. Um, you brought up so many good points. But one of the things that kind of just did, stood out is like personally, like that's who you are as my friend. Where I feel like, hey, happy belated birthday too, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the things I value in our friendship is that you can be like, hey, this person, this this issue is recurring. This person has not dealt dealt with that, you know, and it's dressed up now in other places, but this core issue that you're having is still, it's still presenting itself in, in, in different ways. I think on a parallel, what we see with Nathan is him kind of beginning to tackle those conversations head on, even when he's uncertain and unsure and say, Hey, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen next. But right here, right now, this is the decision that I'm making. This is how I feel. This is coming from an authentic place. And I, and I just really love that. And again, it's not about, like, if Issa and Nathan make it, you know, but it's really about, you know, everybody doing that work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to think to yourself when you're making these decisions in your relationship, what's the bigger risk? The risk in me dealing in this relationship or me not taking this risk at all. Now, mm -hmm. me personally as J Hall, I can't stand not trying. Yeah, me like, saying I, 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 I just that's just who right. I am as an individual. It eats me up. My failure list will, will will lap run circles around the best of them, okay? I have failed on so many levels of life, romance, <laughs> career, this, I mean I is this just what wow. it is, right? It just it's just Flat on my face. Embarrassment. <laughs> you call it. It's what it is, right? Fired from several jobs. Broken up with. Left. All of that stuff. But let me tell you, there's never been a time where I have not tried. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't deal with that. And that's my thing when it comes to, I think, that um, the conclusion that Issa has to come to of understanding 
Um, and even with Nathan, I think the growth that we're seeing with him, he actually made a suggestion. He wasn't reaction. He was like, should we live together? Now, for me, a red flag is always also when people get to talking at Moswell, I'm always like, when you get to talk to Moswell, it ain't, it ain't the best. Right. <laughs> but in Nathan's case, I will say that that was a good shot for him because we, I haven't seen Nathan, and, and someone can call me out if I missed it, I haven't seen Nathan put a lot of initiative in a lot of things. He's been there, but not a lot Responses. of things. He's been re response. But that was the first proactive thing I've seen Nathan mm -hmm. do. And that was growth. But I don't know if Issa's in a place where she can recognize that growth. Oof. You're right. I agree. I completely, completely agree. And um, I think where we see growth with Issa, we also still see a lot of opportunities for her to grow. So. Yeah, it is. But, you know, my, the greatest character I feel like has grew the most that we're seeing is Molly. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with how Molly has been growing, how she has been as a friend, her vulnerability, um, her approach and being honest and not forcing herself to go out but telling someone what it is. Yeah. And, you know, be, I don't know if you was going to ask on that, but what, what did you feel about that move with Molly at the end? Um, I loved a lot of pieces about that. One, her realizing her emotional capacity at that moment and being real honest and saying, hey, I can't push through these emotions that I've been feeling, even though I was really excited about, you know, hanging out with you tonight. That's so important for, I think, women, people in general to find that language. You know, I really was looking forward to it tonight, but today took an emotional toll, especially since it's pandemic that I'm not necessarily in the space to be, you know, I need to be alone. And I think that's really um, coming from authentic. So I think just having that language, I think it's really important to see. Um, I think to her not self-sabotaging in that moment and allowing herself to, you know, um, receive love in a different way. Uh, was really good as well. So her and talk, talking to him, and not, you know, feel like she needs to text him and kind of all that kind of stuff. Um, and then him being really supportive of her, you know, him going through his own experiences and knowing kind of what that support should look like and showing up for her in a different way, I think was just beautiful from a relationship standpoint. But also as a friendship, like, how does, how does that look where it's say, okay, well, I'm not going to take this disappointment personally. Let me show up in a different way and then we can revisit, you know, whatever we had planned before. Yeah, I mean, nurturing friendship and relationship, um, you can do that, and you don't have to be a 100% couple. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you don't have you to be 100% care about couple. the other human being. <laughs> yeah, you can just be a decent human being. Yeah. And we don't see that display enough. And I thought that was a good gesture. I thought it was um, the thing I, I resonated with a lot is that it was well thought out. It was very basic, very simple. You know, you hungry, you probably want some chill time, you know, here you go, and I'm here, have a good night. And it was, you know, very simple. Yeah. You know, look very, it was very affordable, you know, because a lot of times <laughs> when you see these things on TV, they make it where the man, like, has a damn pony at the house waiting <laughs> on the girl, and he's getting massaged for the day. And I'm like, yo, who can afford that? You know what I yeah. mean? But, you know, dude is a lawyer, but he did something that was um, heart, you know, heartfelt, you yeah. know? which shows that he pays, he's also paying attention. I agree. I agree. And a lot of times it does not take 
throwing money around to really kind of touch the to really touch the heart and like really make an impact i think um that intentionality you know will take her leaps and bounds um and kind of really see where that flourishes but it, i just think they have a great foundation um uh, where they can be it seems like she's bringing her full self to this space in a from a healing space i think we're always on this journey of healing i think we ever healed but like you know, I'm. This is where I am at this juncture. This is who I am. This is who I'm presenting myself. I think. I think it's just a really good. What we're seeing with Molly, what I appreciate is that there's a really good um, connection between who she wants to be and who she's showing up as. Like it's mm -hmm. very on par. And I think that's kind of my my personal goal. It's like, how do I want to show up? And how's that aligning to my actual values and goals and, and things like that? Um, so I really think she's moving from a very authentic place that is not destructive to herself or to people around her. Um, and then even still with her making time for Issa, to, even after this hard day, to say, you know, I have 30 seconds to kind of drop some nuggets in here for you and, you know, show support. But then I need to kind of navigate my own my own time as well. Yeah, it's just a beautiful setting of that that we don't put eyes on enough. Yeah. And I think it's dope. Um, and I think what the pandemic has shown us to what you just spoke about is everything is not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like, I can take this moment. I can, I can say no. Yep. And it doesn't mean that the wife and the kids that I plan to have are, are, are ended. Like, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that the husband that you was going to that's going to be for you, it's, it's not going to be there. It's one day. It's one Absolutely. moment. It's Absolutely. one time. And it's your time. And yeah. also, too, if you don't practice having those moments enough for yourself, how well will you be in a functional relationship? That's mm -hmm. why we have so many dysfunctional relationships that are people that has been together, but they never took that time to learn how they can function and stuff like that. And then they're trying to figure that out while they're together. And I think there's a valuable nugget in there. So I just thought that part was just excellent. I thought it was dope. Uh, I'm enjoying that ride with that, but I gotta tell you, um, Charlotte, before you go, I'm gonna be honest with you. It ain't looking good for your girl Issa. It ain't. It just ain't looking good. I'm just gonna be 100 with you just to bring it back. It ain't looking good. I'm being 100 with you. I know y'all was team this and team that, but now that we're actually seeing all this, it ain't looking good. I don't want to <laughs> say I told you so because I, I want the best, but it ain't looking good romantically, career wise, yeah, but romantically, it ain't looking good, yo. That is so fun. Um, all right, I'll let you speak, Ray. You got three minutes before we close out. Um, and but I think one of the things that um, I don't know, you know, it's two episodes, and we're trying to get so much in <laughs> and two more episodes. Did you get the uh, request? What, Ray? Oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. What's hey, up, brother Red? What's going on, y'all? I love, I'm trying to be able to make a conscious effort to speak with in, intellectual black people every week. So speaking with y'all is a, is a step in that right direction. Oh, Thanks, thank brother. You. And happy belated to you, Jay Hall. Thanks, I brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know if y'all see it though. Like, I'm sorry that I had to go ahead and get into the silly mode of things. But Nathan is a ticking time bomb. It's a ticking time bomb. And like, as you said earlier, this show has certain scenes where it's all intentional. Like, they're not saying things just because. Right. right. So, like, let's rewind back a little bit. 
Nathan, barbershop, co-worker, with your bipolar ass. <laughs> Didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Bottle that in. Bottle that in. I said before that Nathan and Lawrence was going to be in the same room and there's going to be a tension. You saw what the next episode seems like, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to come into that. I bawled out laughing within the first three minutes when Nathan said that he wanted to move in with Issa. Because when was the last time he moved in with somebody he loved? What happened with that? His cousin. Exactly. And who did we see five minutes later? Cousin hanging out. I missed that completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because- yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is all intentional stuff. It's going to turn it, and I feel it's going to turn into a conversation that Jay Hall said earlier. I did all this stuff for you, and you thinking about this man and his baby, his sometimey self that I talked about earlier. (laughs) Done. Done, done, done. And who is his homeboy? I don't like that. Yeah. Who homeboy? In the preview that they showed um, next week. They show okay. Nathan's homeboy saying, I don't like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man is a I was trying to wait. I heard you, but I didn't but, but I, but I, But I also wanted to be able to point out that these little dreams and these hallucination type of sequences, you ever notice that Issa's flying over the world, hanging out with Ty Dolla Sign, doing these panels, doing all this stuff, but then whenever she gets home, Nathan is always home. He's never out somewhere else. Guess who was always home before? Lawrence. Lawrence is all the way home. Are you going to have the same resentment for him that you had for Lawrence back then? No, Nathan's working. They used to talk about the barbershop. And like- yeah, each time she came home, Nathan said he was working. Yeah, he working, working. But, to, but you know what, though? I will say this, though, Red. When she came home in that second dream, that it, that home, coming home was a little bit different than the first one. It was a little different. Yeah, I don't even know if Nathan was working at the bar. Like, he was like, yeah, the guys in, the, in, in, in group said hi to you and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, I was like, hmm, what does that mean? And, uh, you know, really quick, you know, me and Charlotte was texting each other after the last episode was, there's been a lot of visual things that they've been putting in front of us that we might miss. Like when Issa called Lawrence, her kitchen was trash. Yeah. And when Lawrence picked up, his kitchen was like orderly. So Mm -hmm. to your point, what you're saying, like her coming home and those, those are intentional. And I am interested to see how that fold out. You, I, I totally agree with you on that. There was a difference in when she came home in that second James sequence. Because the first one, Nathan opens up a second barbershop. And then the second one, he's in group therapy. He's in group therapy. And as there are certain aspects of the first season we're seeing repeated right now. The, the, the sheer mention of Ty Dolla Sign mentioned in this episode alone shows you like, oh yeah, we're going to go back a little bit. We're going to read. What, what did they mention uh, Ty Dolla Sign before? I, I kind of remember, but I can't like visualize. The first season, Issa was like, yo, I'm hanging out with Daniel. I should hang out with Daniel because he's blowing up as a producer. He did a joint with Ty Dolla Sign. He's talk, she talking with Ty Dolla Sign in the mirror kicking in, having fun, and all that stuff. She's, hey, she's, that's the pool, about that. She's looking for the good life. Is she going to get the good life with Nathan? Because she's seeing it in herself. It's materializing in her own efforts. Is Nathan actually something that is accentuating it? 
or whatever it is, because what she thought that she saw with Lawrence was not manifested yet. But now, like Jay's all said, oh, I see him as a parent and he seems to be well adjusted. He has a better job now. He's out here balancing up. He got a clean kitchen. Oh, wow. This is weird. <laughs> I didn't see this. <laughs> He probably got her a ring and not that mall joint that he gave me before. Like, I didn't stick around long enough to see this materialize. But what I'm seeing with Nathan, Nathan is a work in progress, but he's acknowledging it, although it's a little shaky at times. But yes, I'm here. I, I agree. <laughs> you made some valid points. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see how he adjusts. Uh, we've, I think we've only seen Nathan. Well, he did move out into his own apartment. So he's in his own apartment now. He's in his own place, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so him living with Andrew, we got the flashback with him and his cousin. But him and Andrew were really seem well adjusted, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Together. yeah. So I think there's still some opportunity there to say. Right. Here's but I know that barbershop scene where he got cussed out by a boy, that is a clean, that's a clear type of situation where it's like, all right, stuff is bottled in. He, he made me, what he want to do swing back want to fight him i mean like if somebody came at you like that at work you know you wouldn't you wouldn't just say nothing you yeah know? i'm confused though it's, it's not it's nothing to really kind of say that he you know i kind of I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he should swing at dude but it was more of like all right i would i would say i would say this though red to your point he is um, showing his layers of vulnerability, Nathan is, because Issa walked in the bathroom and Nathan was taking his meds. Mm. And, and to take your meds in front of someone else speaks volumes. Yeah. It's, it's, it says a lot. And to your point, though, if he's, if he's disarming himself and becoming more and more vulnerable and to what Charlotte was saying and doing this work, to be at this certain level and it doesn't come out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. To right. your point, I don't know, and I don't know if it like if his explosion would be necessarily like violent, but it doesn't have to necessarily it, it may not be um pretty. It's yeah. the pre it's the prerequisite to a bigger conversation, especially when you add Lawrence into the picture officially. Yeah. Now now we're in a space together. We're in a situation like that. Like my coworker is my coworker. What? I see him nine to five and I'll never see him again until Monday through Friday. That's fine. But we're talking about something that has to deal with my personal life. Like this man is affecting my personal life and I never met him until this very moment. And that's what yeah. the next seems like it's going to be. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So we have a lot to think about for next episode, which I feel like will be crazy yeah yeah uh, and, then and there's two episodes left so you know they got to go out with a bang you know i got, got a feeling i got a feeling that the next episode um the, i got a feeling that the next episode is going to be a bang and this the, the last episode will be kind of like a wrap-up yeah. I, I feel like like the way game of thrones used to do when like their second from last episode was really the big one yep yeah mm -hmm. i got a feeling next episode is definitely gonna be messy yeah are we, are we gonna get a Dwayne way baby baby please episode i don't know <laughs> that doesn't age as well no more, unfortunately. To <laughs> me, think pieces nowadays. These, no, nobody can accept that, but those of us that lived through it back then, <laughs> right? No, no, but 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 Issa and the writers—they come from that era where they had to see that. Who knows? I mean, 
try to make a joke out of that. Like, who knows what they do? They come from that era like us. So, you know, That's right. I'm, That's I right. wouldn't be surprised if it turns into that. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining uh, us today for this recap for the do's and the don'ts. We will see y'all back next week, same time, same place. Um, y'all have a great week. Great week. I think the the key takeaway is you know live intentionally. <laughs> uh, spend some time daydream. Do y'all have any closing uh, remarks? Respect. 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 Self, you, you can't respect others until you respect yourself. Real talk. Um, do the work. All right, do do the work. All right, so you can find Red at Redhead PG, I believe, on all social media. You can find Jay Hall at Jay Hall Society across all social media platforms. You can find Starting with Today at Starting with Today across all social media platforms, except for Twitter. We're starting W today. I am Charlotte. You can find me at True underscore Charlotte across all social media platforms. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Do this. Bye bye.